Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Talking about chicken a la king, mango and garbanzo, tabbouleh, real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil, zucchini, ziti, granola, fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, the show where I interview amazing people with amazing minds, but all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today. She's a new fast friend of mine. She's an insanely driven entrepreneur who disrupted the apron world as the founder of Headley and Bennett. Her aprons are everywhere. They're the ones with the ampersand on them. Once you you'll see them everywhere once you start looking for them. Um, she is also the author of Dream First Details Later, which is becoming my favorite self-helpy hustle entrepreneur book this book is unbelievable i've told you what i think about it uh it's wonderful please welcome my my new friend ellen bennett ellen how are you yay very good it's true dan does not lie we became extremely fast friends like speed of light friends it was very funny and magical yes we met at the traeger (laughs) uh traeger which is a the grill company that uh we, we were both involved in we both love this company and they have like a once a year barbecue. Like, like they bring barbecue they, summit. a barbecue summit. They bring <laughs> everyone together. It's like the UN of barbecue. And uh, I mean, it's all a bunch of like big burly guys and beards drinking IPAs. And then there was me and Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so like, true. huh, we don't seem to belong here. Let's be friends. And we became such close friends. And I became such a big fan of your stuff which we're going to get to first. Um, and the funny thing about your book is that the, uh, the, uh, the subtitle of it is How to Quit Overthinking and Make It Happen. But when I look at your fridge, which you guys can see on my Instagram, at standupdan, uh, it just looks like the epitome of overthinking a fridge. This is crazy. This might be the craziest fridge, the most unhinged, insane fridge we've had on the podcast thus far um if you've ever wondered what a serial killer's refrigerator looks like <laughs> it looks like i that. mean it looks like this so i know so, it was funny because your team you sent me an email saying send us a picture of your fridge do not do anything to it and i had to like write in the email this is normal i promise <laughs> this is crazy that this is normal so the main thing for I, I, I highly recommend you guys look up this picture of this fridge. But the main thing is that everything is I don't know if you have some sort of disposable marker that you mark everything, but everything has a label. The crisper drawers have a label. The I, I, I'm surprised you don't write beer on the Guinness that's in the fridge. <laughs> This is amazing. I mean, a part of me is making fun of it because I'm really jealous of it. I understand. It is a weird, it's become my sort of therapy and that is why I do it. I do it for my own mental sanity and I'm like, okay, this is one area that I can fully control. I will control the hell out of that crisper. It is mine and no one else's. Yeah, this was, uh, this was your, this was Dr. Rosenthal, your therapist's idea. He was like... (laughs) The fridge is your space. Exactly. That's your safe space. It's all yours. Um, no, it's really, it's really something special. So let's start on the top row. 
on the top left, you have okay. just the most beautiful little, uh, you know, stacks of Tupperware. Um, I always have a tough time with Tupperware. I can never find the tops and the bottoms. You need to disrupt that next is the Tupperware industry. It's a I problem. Mean, I really thing. think that Tupper is a very disruptable industry because you're right. It's a disaster. All of those Tuppers for everyone listening, because I know people want to know, one is called Lustroware, and then the other one is by the container store. And the key is just having the same type of Tupperware in uh, multiple sizes. So I just have those two types. It's Lustro and container store. And I even group them together in the fridge, if you notice, like, that that top yeah. left corner of the fridge is where I put all of the prepped food. So they're like it's chunked out into zones. Like I I split it out in quadrants. <laughs> and by the way, again, this is a I have a lot of guests on the show that have these. You know, they're just kind of like wealthy people who just have these really stocked fridges. And I like you are someone who puts her like you are a you're a fucking michelin starred trained chef like you've worked in michelin kitchens you know what you're doing with cooking so that's kind of why this is exciting to me because it's not like overkill this is like a this is a chef's this is a chef's kitchen who like made it (laughs) do you know what i mean (laughs) yeah exactly i still do my grocery shopping thank you very much that it yeah I, i stock it personally um so what is this yeah right you don't have a house manager yet not yet fingers crossed once you disrupt the tupperware game that's when uh uh we'll we'll have that the kitchen made uh what is the the puree if i ever get a house manager please disown me if i get a house manager you just slap me i will let you (laughs) oh my god what is this puree that is front and center at the top there the muti Oh, so that's like a really amazing puree. You can get it at Italy or night higher end, I guess, grocery stores that have a little bit more imported product. Mm-hmm. And Muti is just epic. Like they make really beautiful Italian tomatoes. It's all imported. And I just find that the flavor is really pure and delicious. And then my other favorite is um, the Bianco tomatoes, which you can't see it, but it's directly behind the Muti. Bianco Napoli tomatoes. So if you're ever so, buying tomatoes, buy the Italian ones. You so can. you're a fan of having like a passata like on hand. Is that a is that a good thing to just because I I always get the the uh, the tomatoes that are in the can with the you know it's like the San Marzano's with the juice or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This is just yep. this is like this is going one step further. Like it's all already been ground up. Is that what what's going on there? Yeah, this one's just like a puree. I mean, I think I have that because I have a 10 month old baby. And so it's, you know, I don't have to like smash it as much. But honestly, I'm with you. I usually have the can of San Marzano tomatoes or Napoli, which actually are from California and are very good. Uh, Chris Bianco is hmm. an amazing chef and he launched his own canned tomatoes and they're insane so i get those and those are in the pantry but in the fridge i have the muti because i was going to make a pasta and i just i wanted to put it there sometimes i organize my fridge in a way that it's like kind of front of mind what am i going to make that week so the key ingredients are there even so if chris bianca, you don't is have he... to refrigerate it yeah right right is chris bianca the the bianca pizzeria guy yeah same guy. Okay, got exactly. it. Oh, interesting. I didn't know he was doing his own tomatoes. Oh, Very his cool. tomatoes are ridiculous. 
skillless. And I obviously they use them for the pizza. Like it's all very incestuous and great. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, and then we got the booch. You got some kombucha. Um, yep. which big fan of the booch. I got nothing bad to say about the booch. Uh, then you got your well, and Pellegrino. also just shout out, shout out to Health Aid because they are female owned and it's a good friend of mine and they just have great stuff. So I always make sure that I have it in the fridge and it's just good for you. I have to tell you about the Guinness because I don't drink beer. I actually hate beer. And somebody told me a couple of weeks ago, they're like, Guinness makes you have more breast milk. It like activates your breast milk with yeast or something. And I was like, really? So I ran to the grocery store and I bought Guinness and my husband was like, oh my God, you hate beer. What are you doing? And now we always have Guinness in the fridge and I'm supposed to drink like a beer a day, which is so gnarly because I fucking hate beer. Anyway, it's really funny. So that's why it happened. By the way, I think you just introduced me to my the new grossest sentence I've ever heard in my life, which is it activates breast milk with yeast. (laughs) 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 Okay. I know now no one's gonna want to drink Guinness it's so yeah sorry Uh, um it's funny I had I got into I I got into a little debate with a friend of mine because and this is funny because you mentioned that the health aid kombucha it's like a female-owned company and I I have I have a little I have a little beef with uh with with when people promote things like that because and I think you're the perfect person to talk to I think you make the best aprons and yeah. you make the best aprons and that is why people uh, should get them. But once yeah. I hear, oh, but it's a female owned company. I'm like, wait a second. Are they the best aprons or now am I just buying them because it's like cool to say that I'm, you know what I'm saying? It's like when people say, oh, you're an Iranian, you're, oh, he's a great Iranian comedian. I'm like, I don't want that. I want to be a great comedian. And if mm. I'm Iranian, that's a thing. Like Health Aid makes amazing kombucha stacked up against everyone else. Do you know what I mean? Am I being, am I, am I going to get canceled for this? (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Kombucha took him out guys on. (laughs) I mean, classic 2021. What a way to go. Kombucha. Oh my God. The worst, worst way to get canceled. Here's the deal. I think that as a woman, we definitely don't always have as many opportunities. So it's like Mm -hmm. embrace it and lean in, right? You're Iranian. I'm Mexican. We didn't necessarily grow up with every opportunity that maybe other people had. Mm -hmm. Regardless, I am with you in that you just have to make the best product. And if you make the best product, then you'll be at the top of you. Hopefully you can get to the top of your game. Healthy kombucha happens to be a great kombucha that I love that is also female owned. Right. So when it's when it's female owned and it's great, I'll mention it. If it's not a great product, I won't mention the product. I think that's the way I think about it. I think that's a good way. It's the icing on the cake. Highlight. It is not the why. Yes, I'm with you. Okay, great. Now that I've been canceled, let's go to the second row here. Um, You have uh, your eggs. You got your eggs. You got your what is this here? That is okay. So the little pouches down below are actually breast milk, and then that guy in the far back is Bulgarian yogurt that okay, has a ton of probiotics, and it's just really like tart and tangy, mm. like a Greek yogurt, but a little more liquidy. So it's very nice for smoothies or having fruit. You just fold it in like passion fruit 
or papaya and I eat it in the morning with granola. Love. And then in the middle here is like the prettiest thing, which is you take all your flat leaf parsley, you put it in a cup of water and yeah. it's just like, it's a little bouquet that, that welcomes you into the fridge. It's so beautiful. It's like, like, even if you don't use the parsley, this is such a move. Looks good. Yeah. And then tucked behind it is cilantro. So I always have flat leaf parsley and cilantro, which you frankly can add into most foods and finish foods at the end, put it in mm. soups, chop it up and put it in your rice. Like if I eat some of that farro on the top left, I can put in the flat leaf parsley in there and a sprinkle of olive oil. Like it just kind of rounds things out. And I, I love having an herb in the fridge. It's just it's I love good because it. everything gets it. I love it. And, and then, it'll stay a long time. Like that'll last me all week. No problem. And if the water starts to get murky, I'll just like trim the bottom and then change the water out and replace. Is this the move with all herbs? Like if I get dill, should I be doing this with dill? Yes. But here's the thing. It all has to do with the temperature of your refrigerator too. So that's why I put it in the middle row. Cause if I put it on the top, it'll freeze it. So another oh, trick is to take a Ziploc bag and cut a couple holes in it and then you just kind of like cover it up like a little greenhouse. I love it. I love and it. And that'll make um, it last even longer. Yeah. I love it. Um, and then next to that, we have three Tupperwares that are labeled arugula, kale, spinach because you're a psychopath. And then, <laughs> and then your citrus. I like those. And now we get to your crisper, which is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my fucking life. So you literally... <laughs> You write that you write down in the order of where they are in the crisper, what the things are. And it's again, it's one of these things that I want to make fun of you. Like the first one says, you know, it says cabbage. It says lettuce, poblano, carrots. Is that pickles? Chilies. The top There's chilies, chilies in there. Cukes, fennel, squash, scallions, corn. I mean, I want to make so much fun of you, but yeah. also I want to go get one of these markers right now and do the same thing because I do run into this issue where. I don't know what's in my crisper. And then like three weeks later, I'm like, oh my God, there's a, you know, yeah, there's, there's a growing there's a, entity. There's a garlic. In the, in, yeah, there's exactly. a family of, of garlic that is now like sentient. Yeah. <laughs> <Taking>. <laughs> That's literally why I did it. I was, I just, I would find things that died in there and then I'd be like, damn it. I could have put that in that one soup or I could have done something with it. And in a professional setting, everything is labeled. Everything's dated too, but I go through this weekly, so I don't date anything pretty much, but you can date stuff too. But yeah, label your crispers. It's so easy. I get that marker at the container store. It's just a drop. It's a white chalk marker, and then they come in a uh -huh. bunch of colors. So you can wipe it off with a towel. I just write it directly on there and wipe it off. Oh I'm not God. trying I to be like the home edit. I'm not trying to be like super perfect and beautiful. I'm just trying to be functional. So I know what the hell I have in my fridge and it's easy to locate. That's the, like, that's the whole idea. Well, look, this is one of the reasons that I, that I love you and I love what you do is that I feel like there's so many, first of all, there's so many food personalities out there who are, you know, who are never like, who aren't like real chefs. Right. And they, they're just like, yeah. I want to be this personality. I want to be the, um, the person who does cool videos on, on TikTok or whatever, but they don't really know what they're talking about. You actually know what you're talking about and your videos, uh, on your social media are so awesome. You're kind of like, 
you're like punk rock Martha Stewart. Like you have a cool home vibe and this and that. But and like the foods that you make seem very accessible and you make them in a fun way. And I just I mean, do you have is there a cookbook that I don't know of that you've uh, that you've made? <laughs> no, no, it's no crazy. Cookbook. I don't know why you're not like, why are you not like I, or do you not want to? Here's the thing. It's like, do you want to be like a on air personality or are you uh, happy being a boss bitch, uh, <laughs> you know, entrepreneur? <laughs> Cancel number two. Uh, oh no! Uh, just kidding. I think I don't think anyone's ever called me a boss bitch. I've been called a boss and a bitch, but never together. And I'm kind of here for it. I thought that's like a good thing, is it not? Oh my god! No, I'm totally it's funny. It's like, <laughs> Dan, it's okay. I still, I'm still, I'll stand by your side, Dan, through whatever happens when this video goes live. <laughs> Oh no. God. <laughs> oh God. Um, no, yeah. no, no. I, I love cooking and I miss it a lot. And honestly, I used to go down the street to Bestia because it's close to our factory in downtown LA. And I would work the line on a Friday night just to get the like urge of energy out of me and just go into service. And I, I don't do it anymore, but I honestly I feel the need. I feel the need yeah. to do that. Um but yeah, maybe one day I'll do something on TV. I, I do. I do love chatting with people. You're very good at chatting. You're very good at cooking. I am. But what you, the, the business thing, the business stuff, it's funny because when we met, I didn't know who you were. Mm -hmm. And then slowly, like everyone started coming up to you and was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. And I was like, who are you? And yeah. you're like, I didn't like you, but now I like you. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, wait a second. She's got more Instagram followers than me. This isn't fair. Um, but I'm I, then I I heard about your company and what you did. But then I got so fascinated with your story and you gave me your book and I read it on the plane back to L.A. Um, but I, the thing I was struck with and the thing that I told you that kind of blew me away is that you read. It's again, it's kind of the same reason why I like your cooking is because you've been in the trenches, right? Because you read all these books, like all the Malcolm Gladwell's, like 10,000 hours and like what to do. And they're all written by like sociologists. They're written by like anthropologists yeah. who are like taking data, distilling it, writing it in like a cool way. Your book is like, you're one of those rare people. Because I know so many fucking people who are like, I had this idea. Why don't I do this? And they never do it. It yeah. seems like you had this idea and you're like, why don't I do this? And you fucking didn't stop until you did it. And it's so rare to see that. And it's so impressive. And like the little tidbits of knowledge that you give and like the little nuggets in your book. I mean, the book is also just like really pretty and like colorful and fun. Like it's not it's not what you would expect, like a like probably, in my opinion, the best, like, you know, how to start a business book that I've ever read to look. Um, and it's just so I don't know, like I, I as someone who does who wears a lot of hats, like I was like, oh, my God, you are speaking to me. This is like my. Yeah. This is like, like my, like, I always try to say things to people advice, but like, I don't think that anything has ever been better distilled than it is in your book. I mean, that's the best compliment ever because I poured my guts and soul out into it. And it's a very raw, honest journey of starting something with no money, no resources, no investors, nothing. And I think you and I see a lot of the stories that are like, people on the cover of Forbes magazine and they raised a hundred million dollars and then they had a billion dollar exit. And you're just like, most people don't have that experience. And so I feel like 
the way I wrote the book is just, hey, I was a line cook that had $300 in her savings account and there was an opportunity and I took the fucking leap and I just never stopped, even if I slammed my face into the ground one million times along the way. And like, that is the journey and the road is windy. And it's kind of like a pep talk with a reality check that it's not easy, but that if you love doing something, it's fucking worth it. And you just keep going. Um, And that's just how I've built this thing. And it's our 10 year anniversary this year, which is crazy because I started when I was 24. I feel like I've been doing it for 250 years. I always joke. (laughs) I'm like an 85 year old business Jewish businessman (laughs) in like a 34 year old body because I'm just so old school. Um, But yeah, I'm like, I'm still hanging in here in my 85th year of being 34. That is so crazy. Um, I mean, let me ask you a question. Once the company gets successful, do you like, I don't know, does it ever get easier or it's still just in more insane challenges? You just you get really comfortable with being uncomfortable and decisions that used to be so crazy about like, I remember when I bought my first roll of fabric, it was like $500. And I literally felt like I was, you know, selling my kidney to make this purchase happen. And now the purchases are tenfold that, right. And you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars of fabric purchases and if not millions. And so it's just different and you have more is at stake and you have more responsibility because there's livelihoods attached to it. So I think there's, you just have to like kind of grow up with it, but I really do believe you can't lose your spark and the thing that made you special in the first place. So I'm constantly telling my team, like you can't buy love. You can't buy loyalty. You have to build that like brick by brick. So Mm -hmm. even if we're, bigger and we're on top chef and food network and all this stuff. When someone emails us about one apron or a hundred aprons, we still have to treat them with the same love that we treat people that are buying thousands of aprons because they're all part of our community. And, and I think staying true to those moments and those roots are like what keeps you growing. Cause if you forget yeah. that, cause you get big, then you're screwed. I mean, it's funny. I get it because I, again, this is going to like, when I met you, I was like, I feel like I hate most people. <laughs> oh, I could, Dan, I could smell you wanting to hate me. And then you liked <laughs> me and I was like, ah, sucker. I liked you so much. So I get that spark thing. Cause it's like, you, you sense it in people. You're like, oh, okay. This person's got something special. So I totally get it. Uh, what, who is, this is going to be a dumb question, but a fun question. Yeah. Who's like the most famous person that you've, that you've interacted with for aprons? I mean, I, I would say a lot of like really famous people in the restaurant universe, but that's a different universe. So I would say probably Martha Stewart and Michelle Obama. Oh my God. I was literally as a joke going to be like, like, does Michelle Obama call you for an apron? But she actually did. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've made aprons for the Obamas. um, Come on. Really special and magical and wonderful. And then I'd say Martha Stewart, the other one that's just like pretty amazing and spectacular. yeah. And then there's like Conan O'Brien, like there's a few people like that, that are, that love our products or LeBron James's daughter rocks Headley and Bennett in all her videos. So it's like by adjacency, he has them. So, you oh know, it's, it's really funny how apron land kind of spans a pretty large universe. 
It does. And it's funny you say that because I was thinking, I, I was thinking that every restaurant now that I go to, I see your aprons. It's like, you're stalking me everywhere I go. <laughs> and it's like, and it's very interesting to me because I follow a huge span of different people in the food world, you yeah. know, from like, you know, super fancy high endy places to like the hunter barbecue people that right. we were hanging out with at Traegerland. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and I was thinking that like you, you have to interact with such a different, diverse, like group of people for your products, you know, from like Matt at Meat Church is rocking your stuff. Yeah. And then like, you know, Martha Stewart's rocking your stuff or the yeah. Obamas. It's like, was that something that you even thought of in the beginning of like, oh, I'm going to have to reach. I don't I don't like to say necessarily across aisles, but like the, the range of the range of people that you have to interact with are probably more different than a lot of different. Yeah companies no, right it's definitely really an interesting weird crazy thing because we did a collab with grateful dead and then we did a collab with you know love shack fancy which is like a really beautiful but very bougie like hamptons vibe right. brand and then we've done stuff with like madewell but then also vans but we're working on a collab with crocs and so that's sort of such a wide range of brands that you can imagine on the people side, our community is like vast. I mean, Brie yeah. Larson is another one that we met during COVID because she bought part of our face mask or she like was excited about the face mask initiative that we did. And then she became like a mega Headley and Bennett fan, but not because she's, I don't think of her differently because she's famous. It's just like, she's a cook that wants to be a better cook and she wants to feel confident in the kitchen and Headley and Bennett gives you that. So it's sort of like this right. funny, magical equalizer. It's like, it doesn't actually yeah. matter if you're the editor in chief of food and wine, or if you're Martha Stewart, they all want to feel good in the kitchen. And that's like the uniting force, which is kind of special because it's not so much about the apron. It's about the way it makes you feel. Again, and, and I do think you, maybe you went a little too far when you made those specialty aprons for ISIS. Um, <laughs> that was strange. Uh, I saw well, the ISIS Dan, cooking don't videos. Don't try to get me canceled too in here. <laughs> Uh, today we are making hummus with our headley and then it's oh my god i did not i repeat i did not make aprons for this. oh my god. god have you ever said that on an interview before no 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 you and i just really know how to go left and right and up and down oh my god i love it so guinness and breast milk Apparently it's a thing. As far back as 2000 BC, beer was being prescribed as a milk boosting agent and the idea of alcohol being used for this purpose has been encouraged in numerous cultures for centuries. But, and this is a shocker, the science from 4,000 years ago doesn't hold up. Yes, the barley aspect of beer can boost milk production. However, the alcohol component of beer decreases milk production. So you're doing nothing milk-wise, but you are having a beer. And I'm sure that helps with a newborn. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time for my favorite topic again. Children's vitamins. Let's talk about Haya Health. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste that they love. 
These vitamins, they're designated for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents have one less thing to worry about. It's non-GMO. You don't want Monsanto making the vitamin C for your kid. They're going to grow three heads. It's vegan. It's dairy-free. It's allergy-free. It's gelatin-free. It's nut-free. And everything else you can imagine. Again, I don't use Haya Health. I don't have kids. I'm going to die alone. But my friends, they come over. You know, Haya sends me these vitamins. And my friends, they rush to the door to get them for their kids. They love them. Their kids love them. It's really, really good stuff. By the way, the packaging is very cool. The vitamins come in these cool bottles that you can decorate with stickers and stuff. You get a cool bottle with your first order, and then they send you eco-friendly refills every single month. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamins. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash green eggs. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H I Y A. H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash green eggs and get the kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so I am going to get to the questions that I ask uh, my guests uh, towards the middle of the show, starting with what is your earliest food memory? Um, It's in Mexico and it's like a bowl of black beans with a ton of queso fresco black like mm. white cheese that you buy at the market and like tortillas that were freshly crisped but crisped on um fire like gas so they had like the little black edges a little crunchier yeah. than normal love it uh, by the way just a side thing i you cook a lot of mexican food i mean it's, it's yeah. your heritage but i also Mexican cuisine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like I, I relate it to like Persian food where it's like, yeah. I love it so much, but you need to be like a grandmother who has like three days to make a salad. And you know what I mean? Like I cook mostly, I guess you could call it Italian because Italian yeah. is just like, yeah, you put your garlic, put your olive oil and you're oh. done. Is it possible to, to be a quick, yes, fast 100%. Mexican chef? You actually, you just said you know, you throw garlic and olive oil, whatever the equivalent is onions, tomato, and chili like that, uh, like uh, chili, uh, you know, like a poblano or whatever, any yeah. kind of chili you have. But that's like the base of most Mexican food. And you can make a crap ton of simple, easy, really quick Mexican things. Like oh 20 God, so minute dishes. I'm not Can you make this your cookbook, please? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mexican recipes for Dan. Yeah, in 20 minutes or less. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. I'll do some for you on the gram, Dan. I'll do my next reels in your honor. Oh, thank you. I love it. Um, again, couldn't couldn't recommend them more. Uh, we will shout out all your social media at the end of the episode. Um, okay, so what is your death row meal? Let's see why you went on death row. Um, maybe because this episode comes out, you get some shit from it, for it on social media. And then you come after me and you murder me. <laughs> and then I'm in jail and I'm in prison in forever. Jail. Okay. If I, my, my final meal, can I have courses or it's just like, yes, absolutely. This is uh Thomas Keller is coming to the prison. To cook for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the irony is that most chefs love to eat really simply because they've eaten so much fancy stuff and it's like heavy butter, whatever. So my, favorite foods are actually Italian. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with pasta. So I would do like a really epic grandma style 
Italian feast that had like massive lasagna, like just thick, giant, crunchy on the edges, juicy in the middle, Italian Mm. sausage, beautiful, delicious. I'd eat probably half of that. And then I'd have like a gigantic Nancy Silverton panzanella salad on the side. Mm. I'd have a big, giant sourdough baguette with a fuckload of butter and lots of Malden salt, just like gouged on top with lots of olive oil all over it. I'd have a gigantic tub of like chocolate budino (sighs) dipping it with like crackers, just salty crackers. And then I would eat a giant bag of salt and vinegar chips. And that would be my. (laughs) Oh my God. That. uh, that was so exhilarating. I, I like want to go and murder someone just so that I can <laughs> <laughs> I can order that. That was so good. Yeah. Oh, that is good. Do you do you uh, you mentioned Nancy Silverton? So I thought of restaurants. Uh, do you go out to eat a lot or not really? Post COVID, not so much. Pre COVID. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was at a restaurant at an event or something like four to five days a week. And now like at most once a week or every two weeks but yeah i rarely go out to eat unless like absolutely needed i don't know it just kind of like changed my world i love eating at home now there's something nice about it hence the refrigerator hell yeah this is gonna be a funny one for me um but do you ever go to restaurants that do you know all the restaurants that use your product or no there's no way to keep that keep track I don't. And so there's a really beautiful moment of surprise when I walk in somewhere. Like last week, I had some stuff I had to do up in Napa. And I went to this incredible restaurant, which, by the way, everyone listening, you have to go to Valley. It's just called Valley, V-A-L-L-E-Y. They're ex-scribe mm-hmm. um, winery people. And I, I just oh, cool. walked in and I was like, you guys know what's up. What is going on in here? The kitchen was gorgeous and everything was just like effortless but perfect if you know what i mean and they they were wearing it and i was like oh my god you guys are rocking every minute and one of their wait staff came over to me and she's like i just want you to know i love your product love what you do and i was just so it's very humbling to go out into the world and see people wear our stuff and like do it with pride and that their staff actually likes what they're wearing and that it elevates their team members like it's not just the fucking apron it makes you look awesome and it lasts forever the owner was like um these aprons just keep going and going i'm like "Mm -hmm, that's their job (laughs) well yeah it's funny because like i never even thought about it because i've never i mean i've worked in a kitchen before but it was never i was just an intern real quick but um you 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 have this mission statement of like these aprons are going to make you feel better and it's going to change the way your team works and all that stuff and initially i read it and i was like that seems a little highfalutin, but then I was like, wait a second, that happens to me. Like when I dress nicely, yeah. it changes how I feel in the world a million percent. Why shouldn't that be the same thing in the kitchen? And I don't, I, I, I hate, I, I hate to admit it, but I don't, uh, I don't have one of your aprons. Um, what? Damn, yeah, this relationship is over. Well, okay. you know, I thought we'll I was going to, I thought I was going to get gifted one and uh, I just held out uh, as long as I could. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> How much more I can anonymously reach out on. I started a fake Twitter account to be like, when are you going to gift at stand up Dan an apron? And you never respond. Um, (laughs) But um, I've seen them and obviously they look so stunning and so cool. They're like, I don't know. But then my question is this. I'm sure there's other people who make their cool artisanal aprons. How 
this is the uh, the Passover question. How is this night yeah. different than other nights? Like, what happened? How did you yeah. how did you become become number one? I really think it's our community because mm-hmm. when you wear Nike, you think of Serena Williams, right, or Michael Jordan, yeah. and you're like, yeah. they are what makes Nike legit. And so Heavily and Bennett has been built off of ten years of everyone from Martha Stewart to David Chang to the local, your favorite pizza joint rocking Headley and Bennett to everyone on Top Chef or, you know, Food Network. And so all of that kind of like compounds into this feeling of legitimacy and trust. And it makes Mm. you feel cool because you're rocking something. And then once you, that's like the, the sort of thing that gets you in and then you actually put it on and you're like, oh shit it's actually a really good product and then you beat the hell out of it and then it still still keeps living and then we launch a cool collab and you're like oh my god i love grateful dead well maybe i'll just get one more and next thing you know you're like an apron junkie and you're just like in it to win it and and that's how it happens it's not like people wake up and say i need a great apron today and it's going to be headley and bennett you kind of like get pulled in from the universe in a way that's very genuine and and i think that's what has helped the brand sort of sustain and evolve and I'll, I'll drop some like knowledge on here of Please. something that's coming. That's really exciting in October. We're actually launching chef knives and <sighs> this is like, literally we've been working on it for such a long time and we built wow. the freaking supply chain. Like this isn't just like, Oh, we found somebody to privately label them. Like we, we built them from scratch we worked with industrial designers. We sourced the right Japanese steel. Like it's like the tool you need the most in the kitchen is a knife and then an apron protects you. So it's kind of like full circle and very exciting. That is so cool. And I cannot wait. I am actually, and this is not me trying to get free knives, but I am actually in the, in the market <laughs> like, for included in the influencer package. <laughs> I demand. I know I'm going to be like, can I also get some parsley? I saw you got some parsley in your fridge. Can I get some of that gifted? Um, that is awesome because there really is nothing like a, like an awesome knife. And I'm such a knife junkie. I love good knives. They're so me, do, good. me too. But like most really good knives are a thousand dollar Japanese knives, like the ones that people in the kitchen covet. And when yeah. I was a line cook, I couldn't afford that. So I never had a great knife and I wanted to take a thousand dollar knife but make it a hundred and something dollars. So our knives are going to be about like in the 110 range, but with Japanese wow. steel, beautiful. Yeah. It's really, I'm, I am psyched. And then we'll have a bread knife and a utility knife, which is like a little petty knife. It's oh. like a five inch mini guy. So excited for you. That is so cool. I, yeah. I seriously cannot wait. That's awesome. Thank you for gifting me that. Uh, what is the best, <laughs> what is the best high end meal that you've ever had? Best high-end meal I've ever had. Okay, I think it was probably Blue Hill Stone Bar, right? Yeah, Blue Hill. That's my favorite best high-end meal. Yeah, yeah, that one. It was just really special, really special. And in very, everything, just like sensorial, right? Like smell, like visual experience the location pulling up the fog in the sky as you drive up into the space the freaking chickens running around it's just so special and they do it with so much love and everything tasted so beautiful you're like this is the best radish i've ever had in my my life this is the best piece of lettuce i've ever tasted ever they just 
know how to make food taste the best that be. And I loved that. I loved it too. And I love that they, they did such weird stuff with things that you would never use. They'd be like, this is the core of the cabbage that you normally throw out. Yeah. We braise it for 72 days and we, yeah. <laughs> you're like, no, it's, it's the true. best thing ever. It, I will say though, just to shout out to the restaurant where I used to work too, Providence. The other, my other favorite meal ever was at Providence and it wasn't even a meal. It was actually the first time I, I like bit into their Wagyu in the restaurant kitchen Yeah, and they had, they were trimming it for a dish and I grabbed a piece and I put it in my mouth and it just melted and it's just mind blowing how delicious it was. So Stonehill and Providence scraps off of a cutting Love board. It. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah, I still haven't been to Providence. That is on my list for sure. Oh, absolutely amazing you have to do it maybe maybe i'll take you there one day maybe. oh my god i'm getting free aprons and knives and a providence meal um <laughs> what is the best low-end meal you've ever had this could be a street taco it could be a street hot dog it could be you know it's totally a taco from tampico tamaulipas which is where my grandma my abuelita used to live and i vividly recall standing on the street corner slamming like 10 of them they were tiny tacos that were about this oh. big I love the tiny like little ones and they would just slather it in the oil from the meat that was getting cut. And in Tampico, they cut the meat so finely. They take a machete and a chunk of like uh, basically like an old tree trunk and they cut it into the tree trunk. Yes. And so it's like it's almost powder. It's so thin. It's so tiny. And then they would put the salsa and tons of key lime. They don't use lime. Key lime. Literally, my mouth is watering as, as I describe this to you. Oh, my God. And it was just like dripping with oil and it was char grilled. So it was very like smoky. And then the salsa that's like really tangy and the crunch of the onion and the cilantro. Oh, my God. Like I could eat 45 of those right now. Oh, my God. When are we going to this place? Right? Where it's is it? <laughs> so good. I'm going to cry. It's so good. I, I will meet you at LAX right now. Um, yeah, let's wait. go. I'll see you there in 20. Wait, where is this? Like what town? Tampico. Oh, that's the name of the town. Tampico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tampico. And then the sort of district or whatever, like the region of Mexico is called Tamaulipas. Um, oh but Tampico God. is the city. I love it. Um, what is your favorite drunk food? I don't even know what your relationship <laughs> is to booze besides using it to uh, increase breast milk <laughs> production. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not, I've gotten drunk a few times in my life where it was so, the hangovers were so disgusting and pukey that I was like, yeah. I can't do this. This is too, I don't have the like time to be hungover. So I kind of right. canceled it in my life and I just decided I didn't need that. I also have a lot of energy. So I was just like, whatever. But all that is to say, I love a good margarita with a lot of salt on the edge and like really uh, limey. And yeah. one of my favorite margaritas I've ever had is this like prickly pear margarita. And then I also love it with mezcal and mm. my favorite, favorite other drinks. This is where I really feel like an 85 year old man. Um, I love bourbon, like love bourbon with a cigar. Just the best. Like that's just okay. so good. And, and I love a gin martini, extra dirty, Extra pickles. I mean, pickles. You know what I mean. Olives. 
Olives. Okay, first of all, I love that this sentence started out. I don't really drink. Alcohol's <laughs> not my thing. My However, <laughs> yeah. let me go down the list of but drinks I, I cannot live without. I love <laughs> Casa yeah. Dragones. Love, yeah. love their freaking tequila. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that martini's got to be shaking hard or I'm, I'm giving it back. I'm like, you. Oh, you seem very detailed for a <laughs> non-drinker. I know. Um, I know. Uh, do you, well, I guess you don't really have a hangover cure cause you don't get hung over anymore. That is, that is your hangover cure is don't get hung over anymore. I like that. Exactly. I'm like, I'm 35. I don't need to get hung over anymore. So I keep it, I keep it chill. Yeah. 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 No, same. I'm like 10 years older than you, but I don't drink anymore. Um, <laughs> no, but if I did need to have a hangover cure, I'm like all about the hydration before you go to bed, drink like a gallon of water. That is my, yeah. that's like my biggest saving grace is just flooding your body with water before you go to bed do you know what my issue is with margaritas these days what my issue is this i feel like they've gotten so sweet when you order them at a restaurant i know and i also feel kind of lame ordering a skinny margarita like i know you know but that's it's, what i want I, and it's not yeah. it's not it has nothing to do with skinny well, then it has just to do call it don't call it skinny that's just dumb dan call it a margarita and then just say you want less sugar don't I know. And then, skinny. and then they say, Oh, you mean skinny? And I'm like, and you're like, yeah, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I can be burly and manly, but still not and want. short and short. And short. <laughs> uh, that needs a rebrand. I don't know. But oh, anyway, my that's my little Dan. Mm, can I have a teeny tiny skinny weeny margarita? Oh, um, who is your favorite celebrity food personality? I mean, God, I really do love Ina Garten. She's mm. really something. Love her to pieces. Yeah, she's I, great. I think her. I think her. I love Martha she... because she's so gives no fucks yeah. and has gone to jail and come back. She's like got 19 <laughs> lives. I think that's just her heroic own right. So I'd say yeah. Martha and Martha and Ina. The and Snoop Dogg. Nancy too. Nancy Silverton is her own hero. She's just like so cool and always dressed in marnie which is rad <laughs> yeah no she's awesome the uh does ina rock uh, your aprons no she doesn't rock aprons she's <gasps> like a oh that's apron list right. woman she just yeah. rocks her like cute little hamptons outfit <laughs> right exactly uh like yeah i don't like to use aprons i just feel like they get in the way of my beautiful outfit um okay <laughs> that's my martha stewart <laughs> Uh, okay, desert island food. So you're trapped on a desert island. There's one food you're going to eat for the rest of your life. You are never going to get tired of it. What is it? Fish. Fish. Yes, because fish, you can fry it. You can grill it. You can like sashimi it. You can eat it raw. You can eat it poached. You can do so many things with fish. And I imagine this island would be very tropical. So I'd be able to use like coconuts and passion fruit and there'd be lime trees. And I'm just already imagining like a very tropical paradise as a pescatarian. So it's, okay. it's a vision. It's a vision. And I'm I love it. it. You see, you're very good at creating a vibe. You're very good at creating a vibe. I want to be on that island now. And I want to get your grandma's tacos some way shipped to the island. And apparently you want me to be on death row too for that meal. I think I want you to be my death row chef. I want you to cook my death row meal. Oh, They're going to be like, what's your death row meal, Dan? I'm going to be like, get Ellen Bennett over here. They're going to be like, the apron lady? Yes. Get yeah. her over here now. 
Oh, okay, weird death row request. <laughs> Is there a food that you can't stand eating? Um, I've never had it, but the idea of eating fish eyeballs and the crunch of it in your mouth slash the popping seems oh. so heinous. I can't, I can't picture it or imagine it or eat it either. Interesting. Um, I, I rock fish eyeballs like with smaller fish, but um, a friend of mine just gave me a tuna head. And I smoked oh. the tuna head in the Traeger. Oh. And it was, and I went in for the eye. And I, I, I'm, I'm about to gross you out, but this thing was literally the size of a golf ball. And you ate it. Like, I, I, I bailed. I took a bite and it was just like gelatinous, and, but also like hard from like the lens of the eye. Oh, that's what I'm saying. There's too yeah. many textures in there. The like gelatinous meets maybe a cartilage feeling something, even yes. if there isn't any. Oh, it was aggressive. God, that sounds awful. So you bailed. It was aggressive. You spit it out. I bailed. I spit it out. I was like, I can't do it. Can't do it. I'm oh, trying. I can't. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, okay. This is my favorite question. This is uh, this is uh, our last question, which is, okay. what is your restaurant pet peeve? Ooh. I don't like when you go to a restaurant that's really popular and the waiters disregard you. That's a pet peeve because the restaurant is popular because of the people. Mm. And that's what I always tell my team. It's like without our community and our audience, you're nobody. Right. So you don't, you don't want to be rude to a fan, right? Mm. You want to treat them kindly and with love. So when restaurants are just so popular that they start treating customers like shit i'm like i'm out i'm never gonna come here again because you're treating the people that made you a success with like a kick in the you know you're just kind of like whatever so yeah. that's that's a big pet peeve of mine it's like i don't care how busy you are that doesn't mean you need to be rude or disrespectful or like disregarding people don't be an asshole is kind don't of don't be an thing. asshole don't be an asshole. I, I think that's a good way to end and i feel like that's so in line with your company you're just like no matter how big we are, we don't let our ego get in the way and we yeah. treat everyone with respect. Um, I love it. I mean, Ellen, you're one of my you're one of my new favorite foodie friends. And uh, I'm so glad that we met each other. Tell all the people. Call it where what it is, Dan. Find. Bestie. I'm one it's of your foodies. Besties. Bestie. There we go. B-F-F-E-A-E-A-E. Um, what is uh, tell the people where they can find you? OK, so it's Ellen Marie Bennett on Instagram. Headley and Bennett, H-E-D-L-E-Y, not Headley like like a head. Uh, on TikTok, Instagram, hell, we're even on YouTube Shorts, which is the thing. And on TikTok, we have close to a million followers. So it's a very fun, crazy, informative TikTok. So definitely follow us there. And um, yeah, stay tuned for all of our grand knife adventures. I'm very excited. I will send you a damn set, damn. Yes, I did it. I did it. <laughs> you hustled me. From one hustler to another, you hustled me. This is the only reason I bought you here. We're not even recording, by the way. I just <laughs> wanted to get you to say that. Damn. <laughs> uh, I love you. Thank you so oh. much. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.